And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And unfortunately, my co-host Matt Dudek, who you can usually find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, will not be joining us today. Um, and I was really hoping to have him on because this is going to be the last time he was going to be able to be on for a while. Uh, because unfortunately, Matt will be out the entire month of March, but that's okay. We have uh, uh, quite a quite a slate of folks coming in to uh join us including next week with jimmy lemke um but you can you can still follow matt he's still going to be on twitter he's still obviously still on twitter at horizon matt you can follow the horizon podcast uh, horizon roundtable on twitter as well at horizon rt and um today's kind of a interesting day because we have the ever immortal horizon boy joining us today yeah so, um, and Horizon Boy, I believe you are on Twitter at Horizon Boy underscore HB. That is correct. That is All me. Right. Outstanding, outstanding. So, um, before we before we get into the discussion with you, I wanted to let everybody know a couple of programming notes. Obviously, um, it's been a crazy, crazy February. It's going to be even crazier in in March. Obviously, we're going back to back next week because we've got Jimmy Lemke coming on uh, with the all talking about the all Horizon League picks. Um, but I'm hitting you. Uh, but I, but we're hitting you with another second episode after that. Um, I finally got Justin Kinner and uh, the the co-host of the Her- Reach the Horizon podcast and uh, and and longtime. Uh, longtime radio guy, uh, Justin Kinner. So you definitely don't want to miss that one. Um, and the couple, and then in, in the coming weeks, we've obviously got uh, March Madness coming up. Uh, Selection Sunday, we will definitely. It looks like we'll definitely have uh, both Kyle Craven, who crossing fingers will be on the ground for us in Indianapolis, and John Parker. So you definitely don't want to miss all of those things. But, but, but back to you, Horizon Boy. Um, now, normally, obviously, um, as I'm sure you're all aware, if you've listened to the podcast at any given, at, at for any length of time, you know we're we're we usually you know have the real names of our folks who behind their Twitter handles, but there's a certain mystique about you horizon boy that, uh, that, that, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't deny. So I want to <laughs> tell everybody kind of the, kind of the origins of, you know, of the horizon boy persona and, you know, kind of what went into that and kind of, you know, what you do now, what, what your, what you're all about on Twitter now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I guess it actually, the idea started off, I was with a buddy at a, an AHL hockey game. We kind of came up with this theory of if you studied one specific conference, could you gain a competitive advantage handicapping it by, by being really specific and sticking to a niche? And I, I think this is now my fourth year doing Horizon Boy. Um, I did two years I was uh, a private account. Because um, it was just kind of to test myself, to test my research. Then I had some friends that they were like, you know, this Horizon Boy, it's it's a uh, it's a good time. You got to open it up and try and. I wanted to also branch out and like get sources on the ground and talk to people because that's what I found is more important than than any kind of uh, analytical research. It's just hearing you guys and hearing seeing your tweets uh, of all the fans in the Horizon and and getting information that way. Um, I, I guess, has that experiment worked? Probably not. I don't know. Um, I think it's turned in more to a, like a, not a social experiment, but, uh, you know, just a, a fun hobby. I love interacting with, uh, sure. all of the characters in the horizon and being a character we myself. Have, we have plenty of them. That's no doubt as a, as a obvious horizon character in my own right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so and it, it's interesting because um, obviously we came across you because we we came across your account obviously because um, as you mentioned the handicapping part of it and obviously um, one of the things that has kind of happened during the course of honestly during the course of our run on the podcast is kind of yeah. this explosion in, in sports betting so. Um, 
I, I, that's not really kind of my th- obviously that's not really kind of my thing um but i i know it's very po- i know it, it, it's extremely popular and i know a couple of years ago obviously the the uh the courts basically ruled on giving giving basically the green light to expanding it um right. when i was living in ohio obviously ohio has their heads up their asses so good luck getting them to do any kind of sports books anytime soon um, and if they do, they'll just screw it up. Um, I live in Indiana now, so they've obviously got everything. I see advertisements all the time. I guess, uh, I guess FanDuel. I guess I want to say FanDuel or Sports Kings is, uh, you know, really ramped it up lately. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but but in other but other in other areas within kind of the Horizon League, I know that it's become popular not just with. Not just with the fans, but obviously with the betting public in general. So, um, and I'm sure that's kind of how you, from what it sounds like, that's kind of how you stumbled upon it. You know, I, I like to do it for entertainment. You know, I, I would never, sometimes I joke about, you know, Horizon Boys return on investments or, you know, sure. some of the other accounts. And I joke about, you know, having a big fund and striking it rich and going to <laughs> Indianapolis. But really, I think it's a form of engagement uh, more yeah. than and, and entertainment. Um, so I, I think it's a fun way to, to, to get people into games and increase engagement across, especially any mid-major, um, you know, having people interact with those tweets and seeing them. And, you know, if that would, sure. you know, in a legal way, incentivize them to uh, bet one way or the other, then I'm happy to have them hashtag riding with HB. But um, mostly it's it's just kind of a for fun thing as sure. about you know, engaging with fans. And I think it creates a discussion. Uh, I think, you know, when Vegas sets a line on your game, it's it's something other than winning. If you're a right state and you're going to be favored in probably 17 out of 18 Horizon League contests, it's kind of fun to play, have your team play against the spread. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, as a, as an IUPUI too, you know, looking from sure. the, uh, the ground up, hey, if they can go into northern kentucky and at least cover then you know that's that's worth something sure absolutely that can get you excited about your team and 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 not not too excited but (laughs) well i mean we're talking about iupui here so right (laughs) you can make make some money off your jaguars that's true that that is true so if if you're if if for no other reason uh iupui fans other than us constantly ragging on your team at least today, for at least entertainment purposes, you have you know you have at least have the other part of that going on for you. Um, right. So but I will say I don't I don't think that calling spreads is inherently gambling. Yeah. So so I guess well the, and and you're absolutely and, and it's funny that you mentioned that yeah. because not only again as I mentioned not only have you been doing this for 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 a couple of years now all of the all of the mainstream sports stations are doing this as well. So, I mean, so obviously there, there's, there's always been some inherent value in it. I mean, yeah, but it is unusual. Like if you watch like an ESPN college game day these days, it's all picking spreads. And I do think that's just a form of predictive analysis. Everyone loves to predict and everyone likes to be right. So with horizon boy, it's not even that I'm, putting money on the games it's the uh-huh. social incentive of being correct yeah and that's really what it's all about i think sure uh, absolutely so, and so well, but, i and you, do well yeah, you, and, and i'm glad you do that too because obviously you, you kind of get and i i see the way you kind of the way i i see you having it set up is basically you you talk about kind of you kind of talk about the the you old know, talk about a pre-game and then you kind of go in and, and kind of recap the recap how everything went down too so that's that's pretty useful too yeah, and you know, I haven't really explained why. I don't spend too much time explaining why I make the picks or what went wrong. But I, I you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess I like to just start the discussion, and I really like my favorite posts are the ones that, you know, people are just replying that they disagree. Uh, people are, you know, if one game is looking terrible, I got someone saying, "Oh, what are you doing?" Like terrible. <laughs> I love that stuff. It's it's amazing, and I just like the the dialogue that that goes through those chats. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and I I would and I also would I kind of ask kind of the the thought process behind that, but you know nobody wants to, nobody wants to know how the sausage is made. You just want yeah, to eat yeah. sausage. 
Exactly. And maybe the sausage. And if they don't like the sausage, they can complain about it later. Yeah. No, it's, it's, there's, there's a, there's a process I've got, but you know, um, so yeah, mostly I enjoy being a character on the internet in the horizon league. I like that fans of different horizons. I like to think that at least fans of different horizon schools, um, know who horizon boy is and get excited when horizon boy picks their team. Because I think one of the, uh, one of horizon boys best assets is that he's a fan of none and a fan of all. So, and that's and that's actually very and that's and it's funny and it's amazing it's actually pretty interesting because you're actually not you're kind of like a neutral Horizon League across the board fan, yeah. Um, and you're actually not the only person. Surprisingly enough, you're not the only person like that because uh, as as I'm sure you listened last week, we had Todd Buckingham on who is an across the board neutral Horizon League fan. Right, right. And it's so and I think it's I think it's so amazing so interesting that for all of the kind of individual team fans that we have within the horizon league that we that we have a couple of kind of fans of the league in general uh it, it kind of blows me away i'm not gonna lie yeah yeah and, and i think that's you know if gambling drew me to the conference i mean like i just love the horizon league now i think it's yeah. the way they do their schedule i mean i think it's there's a lot of issues with it yeah. But there's a lot of things that I really like about the Horizon League, and I love the teams, and I love the uh, the fan bases that come with them. Come for the handicapping, stay for the blinding dysfunction. Boom! That should be my uh, tagline. <laughs> there you go. Or the yeah, or the inherent slap fighting between three and eight. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um. So yeah. So yeah. I, speaking of which, I know this past week has. I'm sure you took a beating. <laughs> you know, I but started. This- out, I was. I was four and zero going into Saturday, and I missed all three of them yesterday. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, so kind of the big news out of this past week is kind of the fact that you, you already, as of right now, if you're in Northern Kentucky or Wright State fan, as of right now, congratulations, you're already heading to Indy. Get right. your tickets now. Um, and it's funny because those are the two teams that are probably closest to Indy. <laughs> Right. I mean, because I think Northern Kentucky. Well, there's one yeah. that's close. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be showing up. They're already eliminated. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, yeah, we still haven't got any any information on that anyway. But so yeah, so. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We haven't. Yeah, but it's on. We're we're a week away. We're like a couple weeks away from the tournament. It, it's so bizarre. It, yeah, and nobody knows what's going on with them. Like, so do you think anybody. it's purpose? Do you think it's a purposeful acquiescence, just in case Detroit finishes ninth or tenth? I don't think it makes a difference either that. way. To tell you the truth, I uh, first of all, I think I, I do think that that Detroit is Detroit Mercy is probably gonna would probably even if they weren't banned as they are currently now because they haven't made a decision. And let's face it, if they haven't made a decision, this is not happening. Um. They're probably not finishing. I think they're going to probably end up finishing ninth. I think. Right. Um. <clears throat> so, and this, here's a scenario that I think might happen, um, just because, um, and I don't know if this is something. I don't know if this is plausible. You know, I've been. I don't know if you've noticed. I, I've been into some weird theories lately. Um, <laughs> some of them actually turning out to be completely right. But anyway, um. But again, for those of you scoring at home, obviously we thought Detroit Mercy was the 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 APR ban for Detroit Mercy was lifted. Um, turns out that is incorrect. Um, and that was first reported by Tony Paul up at the Detroit News, and then it was confirmed by Scott Vinci from the Green Bay Post Press Gazette. Um, he actually talked to. And he can verify this with Detroit Mercy's SID, uh, PJ Gronowski. Um, good guy, got us a, you know, I, you know, I've talked to him a couple of times. But he confirmed that the NCAA had not made a decision on whether or not to lift the APR ban, which is freaking nuts, by the way, because, yeah. it, you know, if you know that we've talked about the situation so many times and the situation regarding 
the fact that you you're the ban is basically predicated on two players who, by the way, are currently playing college basketball right now. Right. And it's so nuts. And the fact that the NCAA has done, has basically just sat on their thumbs, <laughs> essentially, um, is pretty astounding. Yeah, those those problems are pretty tricky. You kind of see it over, I feel like we've seen another example of that out at Pittsburgh with Stallings in the past week, him, getting him getting slapped as violations. It's like, well, he's not coaching there anymore, and the people that he allegedly recruited incorrectly aren't there either. So That is true. Who's really getting punished? Yeah. But, yeah, the Stallings thing is just so ridiculous because here's a guy, Kevin Stallings. He was absolutely – I mean, aren't you supposed to cheat to win? Yeah. <laughs> I mean – Hey, the guy, I don't think, I think his last season, I don't think he won a single ACC game. No, I don't think he did. <laughs> he was, he was like, he was nth level terrible. So, and after all that, he ends up getting, he ends up getting a three year show cause. So that was, I, I hope that was worth it, buddy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the NCAA is so quirky about those types of things. Inc- up to and including the Detroit Mercy situation. So here's what I... I, and I don't know if this would actually come to pass or not. I don't think it will. I think what will end up likely happening is if the NCAA does not make some sort of decision by the end of the regular season, the Horizon League will turn around and say, okay, um, we're only going to have nine teams. One one and two are going to get the double buy. The three seed is going to get a single buy. That's what I think is going to happen. So that that incidentally makes that three seed all the much more important. But the league could also turn around and say, okay, the NCAA hasn't made a decision yet. So it, because they haven't made a decision yet, maybe we'll pay, you know maybe we will decide. Okay, fine. We'll have Detroit Mercy play in the turn. We'll have Detroit Mercy play in our conference tournament. Um, if the and let the chips fall, if they may. Thinking possible, thinking there's a probability that Detroit Mercy, under no circumstances on the planet, are ever going to make it past the first round. Right. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we'll we'll honestly we won't find out until we honestly won't find out until the end of the end of the regular season next week, which is kind of silly. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. But I'm under the. But again, I'm under the running assumption that they will not. I I do truly believe that they are going They're to. Not really playing like, like it. Yeah, that is true as well. So that well, well I, I mean, I think, I think they're the best six and twenty-two team I've ever seen. Well, yeah, you can be that good when you have Antoine Davis. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, they've so, got a bunch of talent. It's just. It's ins- yeah. That's the that's the amazing part of that whole the whole dynamic with with Detroit Mercy is that you know that they have the ability, and I've I've said this multiple times. They have the ability to beat anybody in this league. They just haven't. Yeah, they go on runs that that are unbelievably that you only see from like Wright States or Northern Kentuckys. I feel like in this league. Yeah, and then. On. And they're not the. And the crazy thing is, they're not the only team that's. They're they're absolutely not the only team that in this conference, as I'm sure you've seen this, that has the ability to do that. We have seen this from literally every team in this conference at some point in time. It yeah. is so freaking weird. Um, where you know the, where you know you have the talent, or in in some cases, you know you have the coaching to be able to do it, but. It's not consistent. So Detroit Mercy is absolutely in that category. And I would I would argue, I would definitely, I, uh, UIC is absolutely in this category I as well. I totally agree with that. That is, yeah, the, the fact that they're, you, the fact that you have such talent with UIC and they have beaten Northern Kentucky and they've beaten Wright State. I believe they, they beat both of them, right? Yes. And then struggle on Saturday against IUPUI. Oh, yeah. No, that's what makes UIC is a tough team to cap because yeah. you just don't know what UIC team you're going to get. Exactly. I, I, I'm pretty high on UIC. And actually, you know, two oh, of the so high I. I had uh, this week, I feel like, played out when 
UIC beat Northern Kentucky by 30, but I think that's a team that can win the Horizon League Conference Tournament with all the experience that they have and the talent. Well, I will say this. I will say this as well, too. I think that, um, and we actually did, we did a poll this week about, we did a poll, not this week, yeah, about whether or not, because on the strength of, you know, kind of the performance they've had in the conference, whether or not Steve McClain's got to get to keep his job. And I think now, I think because they were able to beat Wright State and Northern Kentucky, I think I think we see. And I've said I don't think that Steve McClain's going to have it, get another year, but now I'm not so sure. I yeah. think get another year, which is crazy. Which is crazy because he's going to start from scratch next year. He's right. Like, I mean, I mean he's got what four? Year. He's got at least four or five seniors on this team, and they're all graduating. Right. Marcus Ferguson is graduating. Marcus Adi is graduating. Jordan Blunt's graduating. Godwin Bowen's graduating. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're gonna what? What is he? He's gonna he's basically gonna like build around Michael Diggins, Jamie Hale, and Braylon Bridges, I guess. Yeah, Diggins. Diggins is something else. I really like yeah. him, but that's not. They're gonna struggle next year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, I mean, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we've seen we've seen flashes from both Diggins. And Braylon Bridges. I think Braylon Bridges is actually a very good big guy, especially when you think of in in the con specifically in the context of the Horizon League. Right. But you know, but you're taking away most of their backcourt. I mean, oh yeah, Jamie yeah, Hale is Jamie Hale is more of a kind of a shooter guy. He kind of thinks he kind of he kind of reminds me more of that uh, of that Mark Price kind of guy. Um. And wow, this is the second week in a row I've made a Mark Price reference too. By the way, <laughs> you, you could tell you could tell him originally from the Cleveland area if I'm making Mark, multiple Mark yeah. Price references. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so so that's that's the type of game that Jamie Hale kind of strikes me as not necessarily kind of the running of the point kind of guy, which you know, which UIC is supposed to have has right now. I mean, their backcourt's going to be gutted next year. Gutted. Yeah, gutted because they're you know three of their guys are gone. And and UIC is a difficult job. I, I think they've you know they've got a big market there in Chicago, but the actual UIC fan base is not always the most supportive, and it's hard to it's hard to convince a lot of those those uh, local talents to stay at UIC. But I do think there is an expectation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course there is, and yeah, and for and again for a UIC team to go in to to finish last week and blow out Northern Kentucky, who is arguably the second best team in the conference. But and, that, and actually, you can't even say arguably now. They are the second best team in the conference, and it's for it's, sure. It's, but could, could you turn that? More. Could you turn that same point around and say Steve McLean has all this talent? Look at how good these guys are. They can beat Northern Kentucky by thirty in their house. And yet they and, turn around the next week and wow, they're they're exactly, barely beating exactly. IPY. I, I kind of think I'm almost looking at that at the upside, and that's what he's always had in front of him, and it's just yeah. not quite clicking. And that's kind of my thought about that too. Is like they have all this talent, and I've said this so many times that they have the UIC. I've always argued has has had the with with Marcus Hardy and Targus Ferguson has had the best backcourt in this conference, and they can't seem to get over the hump. They're all just they've been for the last two years. They've been just hovering. The last couple of years, they've been just hovering around five hundred, hovering yeah. around five hundred. Yeah, and right. it's just, it's not that they're not terrible. It's not like they fell off the planet. But they're just not able to get over the hump. And while we're on the subject, let's talk about IUPUI as well. Because if you look at IUPUI's makeup, you have you have just as a dynamic group of guys too. In Marcus Burke, in Jalen Minette, you know Elijah Goss is running away with the rebounding crown. I mean, he's the only guy who's grabbing double digit rebounds every game, and they're in last place in the conference. And I, want, I guess like does it have it? I mean, you know, and and I, I want to chalk that up to the I want to kind of chalk that up to the whole Jason Gardner situation, because, you know, you got a guy like Byron who basically got thrown into the situation. Right. And you got you now have to really start to wonder what would these guys would have done if Jason Gardner had not um, been a dumbass. <laughs> 
For had, sure. Had had it, had Jason Gardner called an Uber that night, what would have happened? Where's you IUPUI right now? Yeah. Yeah. Where no, are I mean, now? Hey, Jalen Minette is one of the best players in the league. Yeah, absolutely. And Marcus Burke is amazing. He's done such a great job for them, but it's just it just doesn't it hasn't clicked. And that you know they they saw you've seen flashes of it, but they just haven't been able to get. They they've just been terrible. They've, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't have any of their defensive stats at, at note, but I feel like they give up at least 80 a game. Yeah. It's It can get pretty brutal. Well, and here's the other thing, too, and this is good. So so then you can, then it comes down to who's the next coach and can they get anybody to stay? Because most of those guys, in fact, almost all of those guys, Burke, uh, Burke, right. Minette, Grant Weatherford, Goss, all those guys are redshirt juniors. Yeah, these guys can grad transfer in a mo- could grad yeah. transfer yeah. on them, and then yeah. all you're left with is you know Mike DePersia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so that's the challenge. I could, I could absolutely see a minute uh, moving yeah. something, moving elsewhere. And it, yeah, and it's I mean so that that's kind of the daunting so so now IUPUI is now pr- under pressure to find that guy who can absolutely who could who could actually convince all these guys to stay. It's and and I don't think there's anybody out there who could do that. I'll be honest with you, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I mean I, I'm sure IUPUI fan would disagree, but I don't know, man. I do not know. So tricky situation. That's true. Beyond that, um, beyond those two teams, um, the big news this week, I thought, was the Youngstown State upset of Wright State. I I would say that would be, A, on the the bullet points for me on uh, biggest events of the week. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think with the – I think, you know, Youngstown – and Youngstown State had, had the shot. I knew they would because they were playing in Beagley, man. Oh, it's <laughs> when, when they play in Beagley, they always have a shot. It's that's why yeah, I call it the house. It's of amazing. Heart um, actually, I just I was listening. I was watching. I wasn't really paying attention to the game. I think I think their play by play guy might have actually referred to it as the house of heart attacks last night, yesterday. <laughs> right, because they had that stretch where they went to overtime three times in a row. Exactly. Unbelievable. They did. Yeah, you know, but I, as I said before, Horizon Boy, fan of none, fan of all. But boy, yes. do I got a soft spot for Darius Quisenberry. Ever, you know, well, yeah, he is awesome. He is yeah. so fun to watch, and he's just got a motor. Um, he, he every is, loose ball, like you know, the ball be Darius Quisenberry coming in from three, three quarters down the court. Right state, single-handedly destroyed Right State on Thursday. Oh what yeah, was it, what forty-one points? He killed yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in and the threes, the the highlight tape, and I actually wasn't watching the game live, but I, you know, I saw the replays, and he was taking those threes from everywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure and, there were Wright State fans that were quite upset at. Uh, how are you gonna be mad at that? I mean, it was it was, it was impossible to defend. That was uh, Darius Quisenberry said, "I'm going off for 41 tonight. Nobody could stop him." Yeah, I mean, how could you? Yeah, I mean, how could you deny that? Honestly. It's not their. It's not their fault. <laughs> but yeah. So so yeah. Youngstown State. I mean, and what? Well, yeah. It's funny because that was the that was the game. You know, that was actually the one game at Beagley didn't come down to a last minute shot. <laughs> right. Right. So it's funny because there were two other games in the Horizon League that where a last minute going into overtime situation didn't happen. One of them was IUPUI. One of them was Cleveland State, and surprisingly, that other one was Wright State. And it's just that it's and it wasn't even close. I mean, they won by what eighteen, and the, the the final score did not reflect the game as a whole. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, no, they dominated. But yeah, but the thing is, they're so good at home, the the Penguins. But even if you look at their losses at Beagley, if they yeah. had shot the free at the free throw line half decently, yeah, wouldn't even gotten to that point. So it's this yeah. weird. They're really good at home. But for some reason, they get uh, cold feet, I guess you could say, at the uh, free throw line. That, yeah, I mean, it happens. So, so let me, so, with Youngstown State, and this is important, I think, uh, you know, 
you're talking about year three of Jared Calhoun right now, and right. you're talking about they have the opportunity. And this, again, this goes back to that third place. How important that third? How how important third place is going to be? Now they get to go into Wisconsin. Yeah, they go in, beat Milwaukee, beat Green Bay. They absolutely have to green, beat Green Bay no matter what next week. If they go in and sweep Wisconsin, which for Youngstown State, not a great road team. Yeah. Daunting task. Doable, but a daunting task. If they do that, then Youngstown State finishes in third place in this conference. And I don't know. Yeah. I can't understate how the significance of that with Youngstown State, who has been in this conference since 2001. Yeah. They this year marks would mark is marking the only the third year I think third season where they're going to finish up on five hundred. That is significant, and I also want and looking at their roster this year because I think they're only the for I think they are only losing Danelle Cathcart and Devin Morgan to graduation. Right. Everybody else is supposed to be staying, which includes Quisenberry, which includes Nas Bohannon. Which includes Jelani Simmons, who gives you know, as a Cleveland State fan, guy gives me headaches every day because <laughs> he killed us. Yeah, with a Jameer Thomas, who's you know a really serviceable, you know, he, he he's he's banged pretty well in in the paint with a Michael Akuchi, my yeah Michael Akuchi. I would I would I I would posit the theory. I would I would I believe. That Youngstown State, with and and factoring in what they have coming, what what they have come, who they have coming back, and who everybody in the Horizon League is losing after this year. If you look at all of these rosters, I think Youngstown State should probably be. I would argue that they're probably the favorite to win the conference next year. Yeah. Yes. Based upon their, based upon the strength of their roster, based upon you, a guy like Darius Quisenberry, who yeah. you know, and and a Nas Bohannon. Nas Bohannon, yeah, he's he's huge to come back. Um, yeah. he's a guy who's going to grab. He's going to be a double double machine next year. Yes, Fel, uh, yeah, fellow, the present, fellow, the present. Fellow, yes, I, I, I'm just so amazed. Like, right, right, right my, I guess. And I, 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 and I am not, and I'm not home, and I'm not biased by the fact that Nasbo Hammond is the pride of my hometown, Lorraine, Ohio. Oh, there you go. <laughs> How about Even it? though, I mean, but yeah, he, he is, you know, if you look at you know, just those two kind of cornerstones for Youngstown State, I, I would, and, uh, but, and again, looking at what they bring back and what everybody else is losing. Because let's be honest, I mean, Wright State is losing a lot this year. Going to lose a lot after this year. They're yeah, losing. They, they're going to lose full entry. They're going to lose Billy Wampler. Right. Love is technically a junior. He might come back next year. Yeah, that's. I think that's going to be the big question of the Horizon offseason. Yeah, whether will he uh, or won't he? Will yeah, will Loudon Love come back? That's yeah, a good and and I I really you know I don't know he can do whatever he wants you know. Um, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants, but it'll be interesting to see if he grabs that like Big Ten offer. You I know, don't know. I, it it just seems to me that I mean, and, and it's funny, and I and you look at, and I see Loud and Love situation, and then I also see a similar situation at Cleveland State with Al Eichelberger, mm-hmm. who is also who's had a monster season for Cleveland State. Probably Cleveland State is probably. Not as surprising as everybody thinks they are without him. Right. I mean, I don't, I, I see kind of parallels in their situations where you got two guys who are highly productive big men on their respective teams, Love and, Love and Al Eichelberger. They have the ability to grad transfer, literally, a, they grad transfer somewhere, but the question becomes will they or won't they? Right. And I think that will actually. I think those in those two situations, I think that will come down to whether they buy, whether both of those guys buy into this, their their respective coaches, what they're selling, and then and you know 
and, and and you know, fortunately for both of those schools, they got two hell of a good, two hell of a salesman in in Scott Nagy and Dennis Gates. Uh, yeah, for sure. But you know, there are some uh, other salesmen out there. I'm sure that, that will try that will try true. their hardest. That is true. I I I, I it, it just for me at least, I think in terms of right state, in terms of loud and love, I think. He absolutely to me. I think his his game is best suited for the Horizon League. You know, I, if he does grand tra- grad trans, if if Loud and Love grad transfers, I would see him. I, the only place I could you know envision him is a is a would be like a you know a higher level uh, you know Missouri Valley team. Okay. Um, I, I that's where I I would envision him to go. So for example, um, and Al Eichelberger I think would probably because he's from Michigan. Um, I could I could easily see. I I don't want to see him at a Mac school, but I could see him at Eastern Michigan. I don't know if he'd want to go to Eastern Michigan because I don't know anybody who wants to go to Eastern Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I could see it. I mean, I would rather not have that happen. Right. But, uh, and I think, and I, I really do think that you, you look at the, you look at both of their collective situations, and I think that would be kind of their what direction they would go. So, so, but but again, if you're Al Eichelberger, you're thinking, okay, well, is this a better situation than say Cleveland State? And I don't know if that's true. And if I'm, and if I'm loud in love. Yeah, am I, I'm losing. Yes, I'm losing Cole Gentry. I'm losing Billy Wampler. I'm losing Jordan Nash. But at the same time, I'm still. You know, I'm still going to have a Tanner Holden, who's you know who's easily an all freshman kid, all freshman candidate. I still have a Jalen Hall, who's doing outstanding. I still have some, you know, younger guys like Trey Calvin and Andre Harris. You know, they they really, regardless of where you're, I have Grant Basile, who either is going to back me up or, or play side by side with me. That's huge. That's it's, huge, and they, I mean, they they got, got a fan base, and he's yeah, he's got people supporting him. Yeah, in Fairborn, but that is true. That is true. Yeah, and and. If I, yeah, if I, yeah, honestly, if, if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at Loud and Love, because he's from Geneva, he's from Geneva, Illinois. Right. So if I'm, if I'm Loud and Love, I mean, theoretically, the, the, if he want, you know, if he is, if he is, I would, I would think he, if he's going to move, he's going to move somewhere within, you know, the, probably in close, pro- closer proximity to. Right. You know, so like, like say you know Geneva, Illinois. Take take this for a hypothetical. Kofi yeah. Coburn, Illinois' big man, goes to the draft after the end of this year. Uh-huh. They need one guy to fill in there. Could he be a guy that could even go to U of I? I think he would I be think able to hold up and and shove elbows in the Big Ten. That would be a possibility. That would be a probability. I yeah you yeah Illinois is a possibility for him. I think. If that indeed is the case, because yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, mind you, of course, he, and but like I said, you know, and if that's the case, you know, you can make you could also make the argument for Northwestern as well, theoretically. Yeah, he, but pro- maybe not so much. I don't know. For yeah, I don't know. If yeah. You're, if you're if if I'm thinking what I if I believe that he is thinking maybe more of a higher level, you know, higher level mid major. Maybe Loyola Chicago, possibly. Well, they're still going to have Cam Crutwig's going to be back next year. Uh, so yeah, that might be. Yeah, that would that like, would be right. Like an well, Illinois that, State, that would be a hell of a sales job too. Or, uh, you could sit there, you could sit there and play right next to Cam Crutwig. Yeah, so true. It would be like some, you know, that would that would be quite a that would be, be quite a thing. But I don't know, I don't know. But but you know, as in terms of this year, obviously. Um, yeah, the the loss to Youngstown State hurts, but it's not going to really hurt all that much to the, right. for them. I mean, in terms of seeding, I mean, we're basically when we're talking about Wright State, you know, they're going to be where they're going to be. <laughs> That's for basically sure. where we're at here. Um, but because they lost, 
the the one the the battle for the one seed becomes very uh, a hell of a lot more interesting next week with uh, with the game with the last game of the season for them uh, between Wright State and Northern Kentucky. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think you think that one's going to shake out? Or, I mean, I think I think Northern Kentucky's going to clap back because really? they got smoked in a oh, at, the, at the yeah. Nutter Center. That's true. That one wasn't even close. That now, do you know? Do you know if? I mean, I haven't looked if that game's going to be nationally televised. Um, it's not. I, I think that one. No, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think ESPN had made. I guess they they had made the conscious decision to. Make sure that all that, yeah, to make sure those games were the the Wright State and Northern Kentucky games were absolutely on TV. <laughs> they yeah. made this effort to make sure that both of those games were on there, without a doubt. And I don't, really, I, I can't say that I blame them. I mean, even with even with the changes that Northern Kentucky has had, with the with the graduation of Drew McDonald, with the transfer of Chris Boat, with with um. With John Brandon leaving for Cincinnati and Darren Horn coming in, the, it's crazy because it, the more things change, the more things stay the same. You know, you still have a right state, Northern Kentucky one too. Absolutely, no. Northern Kentucky's established themselves as a regular top tier player on the horizon. There, absolutely. I mean, and you can't deny it. You cannot deny it. Absolutely. No, but I mean, I, I'm thinking that's going to be a, that's going to be senior night for some for some some loved Northern Kentucky players. I think they're going to, they're going to be hot for that one. Yeah. Now, now with Northern, now Northern, I I guess the real challenge for Northern Kentucky is going to be next year because next year you're, you're going to be without Tyler Sharp. You're going to be without uh, Dantes Walton because both of them are going to graduate. You, you, I believe you will still have Trevon Faulkner. You will still have Bryson Langdon. Um, so that's going to be an. In- I think for for Northern Kentucky, I think next year is going to be, um, next year is going to be a challenge. But I mean, can you really count them out next year either? And I don't know if you can. No, I mean J- Jalen Tate too coming back. Uh, I be- yes, Jalen Tate is coming back. I think he's a redshirt junior. Uh, he might also have the opportunity. If I, uh, you know, North fan, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, he I believe he might also have the opportunity to grad transfer Jalen Tate. I'm, I can't remember 100 percent. But yeah, they you know that that might be a challenge for them as well. For sure. But but, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the if, yeah, and absolutely they're they're going to be you know, that right state Northern Kentucky game is going to be on ESPNU, of course. Yep. Yeah, that'll so be, that, yeah. that's going to be the key matchup. That's going to be that I think is undoubtedly going to be for the one seed. But um, I, I think the Youngstown at Green Bay game is going to be so much fun next oh, week. Oh, it so is absolutely. And again, and that is coming up. That will be, and and that's right on the. That's a Thursday game too. So you're absolutely going to have, you know, it, it's that one. That that's basically going to be the season. For that's going to basically be kind of finalizing the seeding right there between Youngstown State and Green Bay right there. I think that right there is going to be there. That that that's going to be that's going to be the biggest deal for both those teams. Um, I'll tell you. I say say that by the way, as as Green Bay is uh, Green Bay is gearing up to play Oakland. Where we record on Sundays, and of course we're not. You know, we're recording this before Green Bay plays Oakland, so we don't know how that's going to shake out. But yeah, well, I didn't know how it's going to shake out. I'm yeah, sure. I don't know, but but I don't know about Oakland either, man. Because ever well, since Rashad Williams came on, they got real good real quick. They, you know, they've been a disappointment, and that's been the head scratcher for Horizon Boy this year. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I mean, I love XHM. Yeah. And, and, but they, I mean, they've just had so much turnover in the backcourt. But they've got the talent, and it just feels like it's clicking in the past couple, past Absolutely. couple games. Whereas otherwise, they look so lost out there. And I think, yeah, and I, I'm sure, I, I'm sure Matt share, you know, Matt shares his. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure, there's, yeah, you, you hear I, that. 
I think Oakland has gotten infinitely better in the last few, it, 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 near the end of the season, and it's not a coincidence that they've gotten better during, better at the end of the season with Rashad Williams in that lineup. Yeah, it's not yeah. a coincidence. No, so I, I took I took them and sending three points to Milwaukee today. Uh huh. Oh, really? I think they okay. take care of business. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think, yeah, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's, you know, yeah, Milwaukee's such a weird animal. <laughs> I can't put, again, also, you know, a team that's got the talent in the Tijon Lucas, I mean, and, you know, they've just been kind of hovering around 500 the whole season. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not they're terrible, seen... they're not great, though. Right. I mean, if you told me, you know, who, who would I do I think is more likely to, to go on a run in the Horizon League tournament, I would take a Green Bay or a Youngstown over a Milwaukee. I think they're a decent team, but I don't know if they have that quite that explosion rate that some of those other teams have. That's true. That's true. I mean, I can't really... Yeah, and I, it's, it's weird because I... Yeah, and that's kind of been Milwaukee's MO all season. Yes. They've, They've been, been just that, that under-the-radar mediocre team. Yes, I would say. Yeah, I would say Milwaukee is the team that I am not sure if they're good or not. Milwaukee, Nobody is. Milwaukee and Oakland, I feel the least confident in telling you how good I think they are. And they're playing each other today, right? So that, I'm sure that made I'm sure that made your prognostications. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, like, ah, uh, you must have been like, oh man, these two teams playing together. What the hell am I supposed to do with that? Well, <laughs> let's see. Last week when Oakland played Youngstown. Yeah, I, I took Youngstown in that one, and as soon as I saw Oakland wearing those beautiful gold uniforms, I was like, "Shoot, I made the wrong pick." <laughs> There's no way they lost in those in those outfits. Conversely, when I saw Cleveland State wearing the black jerseys against Detroit Mercy, I'm like, I because I I have never been a fan. I have hated the black jerseys on Cleveland State. I know they look awesome, but they're cursed, man. Well, well, are you talking about wait, when they uh, when they won at Detroit Mercy? Yeah, but you, yeah, but in the last, you know, in the last decade, okay, those black jerseys have been cursed to hell. See, see this is the kind of insider information that Horizon Boy needs. Uh, yeah, black wow. jerseys cursed. That's some. That's some insider information. I've, I've, le- I've clearly not been. I have not expressed enough of my disdain for Cleveland State's black jerseys. I know they look great, guys. But dude, they're like I don't know I don't know what you know I don't know what satanic thing is going on between when the manufacturer when the manufacturer produces them and they get to the Wolstein Center. But dude, something is wrong with those things. Stop wearing them for the love of God! Please stop. For my sanity, stop wearing them. I, I they look great. Don't get me wrong, but they're cursed. So, so what are you thinking on your outlook? I mean, we talked about Eichelberger before, but what are you thinking about Cleveland State going into next year? Um, I think Cleveland State is a t- – I, I do think that they're definitely – they definitely bounce back. I think they – I think they're still probably maybe a year away. Yeah. Um, but I think they're definitely above 500 next year. I think, yeah, I think they've been a fun. I mean, we've had a couple of fun surprises in the Horizon yeah. League this year. I think, I, yeah, I think Cleveland, I think with the way that things have gone this year, with a team that was basically thrown together in August, that right. you're able to get six wins out of this team. And the season's not over either. But yeah, after his uh, press conference, Dennis Gates is like, the season's not over, man. <laughs> because they still got to go up to Wisconsin, too. And I still do believe they have the ability to pull out at least a, a win or two out of Wisconsin. I think that Milwaukee game's a winnable game on Thursday for them. No, I really their, do. Their fight hard meter is quite high. They always come out. I, mean, I I love Trey Gomillion. He I mean he like Quisenberry. Like he's just got a motor to him. Oh, where yeah. Gomillion's fearless. I mean, yeah. love that guy. And 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 you got to remember also too. They're doing the shorthanded too. Yeah. Because Craig Bodwan is out for the season. I believe. Uh, as I understand it correctly, I think he had surgery on his knee. Uh, he had arthro on his knee. So he's out for the rest of the season. Um, Franklin Penn Jr., one of their other defensive guys, high ankle sprain. I'm not sure if I'm going to see him the rest of the season. I mean, they're doing this shorthanded with the team they put together in in August. My only concern now is when. Uh, my only concern now is the timetable on in which Leonard Hamilton's going to retire from Florida State. 
That's my only concern at this point, because if it, the second he retires, you got to believe that Dennis Gates is the front runner for that job. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of your dilemma. I was like, okay, how how good do I want him to do here? In this, yeah, but um, no, the, the, obviously, the, obviously, you want to. The fact that he's kind of the fact that Gates is coming, and I think the what I guess the kind of the thought process is if if Dennis Gates is able to put the cobble put together at least you know at least seven wins in this conference, you're ha- you're making the argument for him as coach of the year. I don't know if he gets there this year, but next year, um, well, I, I think right. it's I, you I, know he's gonna he's he, he's already got the coach of the year, but it's undoubtedly he's done an amazing job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There are there are some quality candidates. Oh, absolutely. And I know you guys are planning on talking about that a little bit next week, so I don't want to we get are. too much into that. Absolutely, absolutely. I know Jimmy and I are going to definitely talk about that next week. Um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, you you look at yeah, you look at you know the kind of the candidates for this. Yeah, you know, Scott Nagy's obviously in the conversation. You could you definitely have uh, you know Darren Horn, absolutely I, Jared I Calhoun, Calhoun, of course. I, I, Calhoun is just on. Such a good time, job yeah. with the team. Getting, getting his guys and putting a puzzle piece together. Why the hell do you think I wanted him at Cleveland State, man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For this very reason. Yeah. And we got Dennis Felton instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already had a conversation. Yeah, we, we've already <laughs> talked about Dennis Felton. Yeah. But um, so with that, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Horizon Boy, thank you very much for joining us. Joining us, I I, I really appreciate it again. Uh, Horizon Boy, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Boy underscore HB. Well, Bob, thank you for having me on. Uh, I think this is the first exclusive interview with Horizon Boy, this mysterious character. So uh, hopefully people can. And we have not broken the mojo. Boy, yeah. And I, you know, I was a little bit. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this in the because Horizon Boy is always in the third person on Twitter. But this is you're talking to the real. This is me, Horizon Boy. There you go. <laughs> so hey. thank you very much for having me on. Love the roundtable. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, you can find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable um, at horizonroundtable.com. You can find them, uh, find episodes, all episodes, including last week's bonus episode about Dennis Felton's lawsuit. <laughs> Wherever you can find podcast, wherever podcasts are available, you can pull them up on your Apple. You, why do I keep saying Apple? Every freaking episode I say Apple. <laughs> they don't do Apple, but Amazon and Google devices. You can absolutely do that. So, so uh, you definitely want to catch next week uh, with with Jimmy. Um, but until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>